0: Me and so this morning, I want you to open your hearts as you watch this interview.
1: I'm good. My name is Joe Rivera, and welcome to the 2014 Girls on a Mission Summit. Get ready to empower the teen in your life with some real world education and encouragement from some of today's top leaders. I am so excited about our guest today. Not only does he mean something amazing to my family and the community that we live in, and is pastor of my home church, but he has a real heart for the next generation. So please join me in welcoming pastor of Orlando City Church, Pastor Eugene Smith. Thanks for being with us this morning.
2: Well, Joe, it's a great privilege to be here, and uh, it's really an honor to be your pastor. It's exciting (laughs) to see what God's doing in your family. It's been an incredible journey this past year, and... It's been a lot of fun to be part of that.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, as you know, my kids, um, all of them are currently enrolled in some sort of incredible program that you have there at Orlando City Church. And we have just been blessed as well by your team. I mean, a lot of what's happening in our family is because of those that you lead. Why such a focus on youth programs at Orlando City Church?
2: Well, years ago, um, actually, my very first ministry experience I got saved as a young adult, I work with youth, Um, and then uh, I started, my mom always had a real passion for children, my mom would bring the children in her neighborhood to the church, she would put them in her car, and then she got a truck, and then the church bought her a van, and then she filled that up, and she got a bus, and so that that kind of that spiritual DNA, that heart for children, was passed on from my mom, and then Uh, Many, many years ago, we were pastoring in Seattle. We started our first church, and uh, we met a man. His name was Bill Wilson. Uh, He had the largest children's ministry in America, maybe in the world at the time, in Brooklyn, New York. And he would always say, he'd say, it's way easier to train a child than it is to fix and, and repair a broken adult. And that just struck, you know, just struck my heart. And so in my early 20s, we started reaching children, and we saw the fruit of that. We were in the inner city of Seattle. We saw the fruit of that. And so uh, from that time, really, my passion has always been to reach the next generation. And, and, you know, the fact is, is that when you reach children, you train children, you reach young adults, and you see the fruit of it at City Church, uh, even some of the questions that we're going to talk about today, you see the result of it in our local church from the very beginning of City Church of Orlando. When we started in Altamont Springs, we bought two buses. We were called the Kids Church. My wife and I would go out every single Saturday with a team of people, and we would knock on doors and invite families to come. And generally, families would send their kids, even in uh, even in modern-day America, 21st century, we would still find families that would send their children to church. And from that, we develop a children's ministry, and then our youth ministry, and then our intern program. It's all been progressional, but it's always been our heart to really reach and to train the next generation, because we believe it's not only the, the church of tomorrow, but it's the church of today. They have the energy. They have the life. They have the passion. And uh, and Jesus said, bring the children to me. So that's that's why we've done. What, we just try to follow with Jesus. That we try to. Jesus always was about empowering people to reach their generation.
1: Well, we could really finish the summit there. That wraps it all up. That's it's really incredible. Um, I mean, you're, you're speaking some amazing stories. I, I grew up in the church as well, and even when I wasn't making the strongest decisions in my life, I I called upon um, what was taught to me as a youth, and I. Friendly, believe, train the child in the way they should go. And, frankly, that's what we're trying to do with our kids. So thanks for your help
2: there. The fact is, you know, there's a seed sown in your heart. It's the seed of the gospel. It's It's incorruptible. It's imperishable. And when you hear that truth as a child and you encounter God as a child, no matter where you go in your life, you can't run from it. I mean, and you've met them. You've been there. You've seen people in some pretty dark places in their life, but they've had those encounters with God as a child. And they'll never forget them, and that has been my experience. Even as a pastor, I've watched people as they've come back into the church in their 30s and 40s and even 50s, and and as you know, those encounters that they have with God, they they can never they can never shake them. And and people do all kinds of things to run from God, but uh, yeah, that's really been our heart. And and you see the fruit of it in our church today, We're a real emphasis on training, raising. We started a preschool, and now we started a the Christian school. We have a strong emphasis on our youth ministry and. In our children's ministry and we have a, we, the lord has brought a great team of people it's obviously not me the vision came for me initially but what's really cool about vision is the people that you empower underneath you they take it farther than you ever could have taken it you know i i'm just one person and, and my giftings are you know they're strong in some areas but in other areas they're not that strong and god brings people along who have great strengths and, and great passions and if you release them. They take things way farther than I ever even could have dreamed. They're, it's just, it's amazing to see what God's doing here
1: and creating world changers. Well, the fruit of it of is in my living room right now. So thank you so much for everything that you're doing. But it's a great segue as we talk about the next generation and and your heart for pouring into that. Tell us about the next generation intern program. The second hardest working group of of people uh, at the City Church. Oh, well, to. I'm Sometimes sorry. there's
2: an artist working group here. <laughs> yeah, our intern program started uh, as a result. When I, uh, when, I, when I came from Seattle, I had a list of things that I really believed we wanted us to do as far as ministry and outreach and impact, and one of them was to start an intern program. And uh, over the years, we've, we've wanted to do it. I had a, a small intern program when I was in Seattle. I saw the fruit of that. Um, young people that had a passion for Jesus – had a passion to, to work alongside and to be trained and equipped to do ministry and so when I came here it was always my desire and we tried we talked about it it was never the right timing and uh, this past year uh, my associate Pastor Glenn and I uh, really committed ourselves to making it happen going for it and the timing was right and and uh, so yeah and you can see the result. This, our first year we have we say five and a half interns one of our interns is actually part-time on staff as well. Taken the schooling part of it but it's been a great partnership and we've had some incredible young people that have been really really they were trained in our youth ministry now they've got a broader uh, perspective of ministry the way we do our intern program is different than others you know they do have an educational component we partner with faith christian university right now uh they have that component but uh, they also get experience in every different area of ministry so we have what we call rotations each of the interns they'll work in the discipleship ministry with adults they'll work in connection ministry with the adults they'll work in the worship ministry with adults they'll work with children's ministry youth ministry uh, so they get they get training in each of the different areas for uh, six weeks or so and uh, so that that right there has really opened their horizons beyond just a youth church they've been able to work in the different areas of ministry uh, and it's been a real great partnership i mean they're they're getting great experience but also we're getting the fruit and the blessing of their energy and their passion and their love for Jesus. So So it's been a really, really exciting thing.
1: Yeah. With all this hands-on training, I mean, you've empowered them to change the world. What are they equipped to do when they're done with their internship?
2: Well, it's a two-year program. So at the end of the second year, uh, they'll be, I mean, most of them, honestly, they'll know more than most kids coming out of Bible college as far as how to practically work and minister in a local church they'll understand the connection process they understand the next step process they have they know how services are run they know children's ministries are run they have an out uh, some understanding of outreach and how we do outreach and so they're going to have a pretty you know they'll have they'll have been exposed at least to the bigger picture of the local church and working in a local church because they've been doing it so it isn't just sitting in a classroom and we all we believe that that's important we believe knowledge is important we believe getting the Word of God into them is important. They have curriculum that they're using. But uh, they'll be ready to run. And And you can already see it. Many of them are already, we're already working them into their second year, and they'll be more focused on a specific area of ministry. Some will be working with youth. Some will be working in the worship ministry. Some will be working in discipleship and connections. And uh, so it's going to be a really, really exciting thing to see them in their second year. Then we're bringing a whole new crop in. We're, uh, we have room, we're, we're, we just take six, we do six a, a year, and so we're bringing a whole new crop in this coming year. And we still have room for two more, we have four committed right now, and so we have room for two more, but uh, yeah, it's, it's really, really exciting.
1: And that this is first and second year college kids, right? So the average age is what, 17, 19, 20? 18, 19,
2: 20, yeah, they're all probably, you know, 20, 18, 19, 20, 21, yeah, somewhere around there, 22, that's kind of the age, group. it's definitely the group that we're targeting kind of right out of high school.
1: You've alluded to someone who is very near and dear to all the youth um, in our church, and and I know that you grabbed him at a very young age. So tell us a little bit about Pastor Wolf, Pastor Glenn Wolf.
2: Uh, Pastor Glenn uh, was 19 when he came to City Church. Uh, his brother Tom at the time was the worship leader here, and uh, Tom came to me and he said, hey, my brother would like to do an internship uh, at a local church. He was attending Southeastern University down in Lakeland, and so he came on a Wednesday night, and a tall, really skinny, red hair, fiery little kid, young man. And uh, so I worked with him for a little while. At the time, I was the youth pastor as well as the senior pastor. I had an associate. He was working with the adults on Wednesday nights. And uh, so we worked together for a few months, and, and the Lord gave me a real vision. Actually, the Lord gave me a vision for, uh, for the youth of our city, for the youth of our, our country when I was uh, in Longwood to gave me a really clear vision about a local church and how what was going to happen. I mean, it was just really fascinating. And, and uh, to see how God's used Glenn to really bring that, that to pass in our church has been pretty incredible. Yeah, so we started at 19, and, and I released him not too long after that, started working with our youth, and the, the youth ministry took off. I will say I really think that God answers the prayers of children. I have two sons. Uh, my oldest son Austin was twelve years old, twelve about twelve or thirteen at the time. And we didn't have a youth pastor and Austin was really, really praying. He would pray every night and ask the Lord to send and then man he would be the new. And so both of my boys have been the fruit of growing up in wide open church. And uh, yeah and, and the fruit is you know, the fruit has been awesome. I mean you can see the impact in our community. The longest the longest youth revival in the city of Sanford, the largest youth church in the city of Sanford's history, as far as we can tell far as you know we can tell talking to the old timers around here we've we've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds i mean that's no exaggeration of young people over the last eight or nine years come through wide open church and encounter god and and taught the truth about jesus in our generation and know the goodness of god and the love of the father uh it's been a very very awesome thing
1: (laughs) i love talking to you i'm getting preached to you right now but i have seen I've seen the impact of of this, and you actually answered some of my next questions. The the impact of you making the investment in this young man at at, at a pivotal age uh, as a as a young teen has impacted the lives of thousands of people.
2: Yeah, it's you know part of our our job, like Jesus, our job is to equip. Our job is to equip and to release saints to do the work of ministry, and. That's just the model. That the model that Jesus laid out. The model that Paul laid out. Paul trained Timothy. Timothy pastored in Ephesus. Uh, you know, scholars believe that Ephesus was a church of about twenty-five thousand. Uh, that was a direct result of Paul's influence of a young man by the name of Timothy. And I think that that's the biblical pattern that we train up the next generation. As I've empowered and I've released ministry to the younger generation, and it's not always easy. I mean, it can be. There's, it can be messy. It's challenging You're working with young people that are just learning the way. But if their heart's right and they want God and they have a humble, humble and teachable spirit, it, it works. Because we're a team. It's all about a team. and Everybody brings something to the table. Clint, is a, as you know, is a very gifted uh, young man. And then he's turned into not just a young man. He's a man of God. He's a great man of God in his own right. And, uh, he's got a word of this generation, and it's been cool to partner in ministry with young a young man like him. And now we have our... Phenomenal children's pastor, Kristen Hayes, and uh, the same, we can see that same kind of inertia, that same kind of passion, like you saw this last Sunday morning with our kids leading worship, our children our children leading worship, and they were passionate. They were passionate for Jesus, and so it's pretty cool to see the whole pipeline, you know, all the way. From
1: Let's Padres- talk about Kristen for a minute, because actually that wasn't, wasn't something that, but as we're talking about empowering teenage girls, Kristen was somebody else that you found as a teen, wasn't she?
2: Yeah, she was. Uh, yeah, actually, her husband uh, started attending our church when he was 16, and um, he was actually our very first Easter bunny for our first Easter outreach in Altamont Springs. I have a funny story. He uh, he was standing out on 436, waving people into the location where we were doing Easter egg hunt. He was standing out there with my son. My son was about maybe eight or nine years of age at the time, and and it was just hilarious because uh, the whole we did the whole event. No, we forgot to tell someone to go and get them. And so the Easter Bunny and my son were standing out on 436 during the whole event. They came walking down to the movie theater where we were located at, and they had missed the whole event. And it was just one of those stories that you never forget. But you know, her husband uh, started attending our church when he was 16, one of our very first uh, people, one of the very first people that got connected into our church when we were first starting. And she started 18, 19 or so, 18, 19. We had actually hired her to be our children's pastor when she was still in school. She did it for about a year. And she went off, and she finished her degree and got her master's in education from the University of Central Florida and uh, got married, has four kids now. And about a year ago, she came back to be our children's pastor full-time, and it's, it's an amazing journey. So, yeah, I I've, I've see the fruit of that, to see a person that you – been part of your church family for 14, 15 years. It's
1: incredible, and, and I love to hear. Number one, the Easter Bunny story is proof that service comes in all shapes and sizes. That's right. Sure. Um, sure, sure. And second of all, Kristen is a really good segue because again, you you grabbed someone at a pivotal age, and and you loved them, and you equipped them, and you empowered them and then you release them to change the world and the, and the impact that Kristen is having, um, you know, with the youth services, and uh, it's incredible. And I know my, my girls are very drawn to her, and I, I pray that we're raising Kristen in our home as well. But it's a really good segue because I'm, I'm honored to know, um, I have heard Laura's story, and uh, your, your wife, Laura, Pastor Laura Smith, um, and the challenges that she experienced as a teenage girl. Where did she... Um, find her foundation during those trying times. Can you
2: in share a that church, story? In a local, in a local life-giving church, um, my wife's mother died when she was twelve. Her father uh, had uh, lots of issues; it was not in the picture. And uh, at the age of twelve, my wife found herself. her Mother passed away, and her la- her mother's last act was to will her and her two sisters to a local church, and that local church happened to be a church. Um, that loved Jesus and wanted to empower and reach the next generation. The pastor took my wife and her two sisters in and found homes for them. And so my wife grew up in a church. It's now called City Bible Church. It's in Portland, Oregon. But uh, my wife found herself in that local church being trained and mentored and equipped. They had. They also had, a, a, at that time, a young youth pastor by the name of Wendell Smith, you who know, became one of the great influences in our life, The kind of the father of the city church movement. And um, yeah, that was really. It's, you know, it's 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 strong, healthy local churches. You know, the world has a big lie out there that the church has no impact in communities. But the fact is, the world isn't taking in. They're not taking them in, and they're not making a difference. They're not making people in the world changers. And the local church, in like in our community in Sanford, if you took city church out of this community. It'd be a problem. There would not be, you know, there'd be a huge gap and a huge void. We're not the only ones doing it. There's lots of great life giving churches in our community. But really, that was it. It was the local church there in Portland that had a passion to empower and reach the next generation. And that pastor, Dick Iverson, has been a great mentor, even from afar. I don't, I know him. I don't know him really well, but I've watched his ministry and the way he did it. And the fruit's evident in people like my wife who, who have a great passion for Jesus, and she has a passion—the same passion I have for the next generation, empowering and training. And you know her excellent spirit; she's, she's a pretty phenomenal woman.
1: One of my favorite people on the planet. Yes. Yeah, funny, very <laughs> funny.
2: Ross has gone through it's amazing. He it gives a great sense of humor. Yeah.
1: Well, and she has an incredible story that I hope to tell during another interview. Yeah, you'll have
2: to interview her sometime because her story
1: is you know pretty, <laughs> It is
2: amazing. Yeah, she, amazing. She's um,
1: she's great, and she's she is a world changer who is empowering others and and i think that i, I would like to think that i'm fruit of of Laura's story as well That's so true. um if there were three determining factors um for Laura's success just three against all odds what do you think that those were as a teenage girl
2: um i think one you know the first thing i mentioned was a strong strong local church environment that loved jesus and loved his word and i think the second one is that she made her she made a decision not to be a victim because she could have been a victim like many other people who've gone through all kinds of abuse and neglect and, you know, all the, all the terrible things that happen and, and, and it's nothing new under the sun. I think she made a decision. She made a, an intentional internal decision that she was going to be a Christ follower and uh, learn and learn as much as she could about the Word of God. And she really made that it was a decision she made as a child that she would follow Jesus. And so I think that's the second thing. And I think the third thing is to have right friendships and relationships. I think those are the, probably the three determining factors. you got to be in a local church, and you have to you have to make a decision. You know, Joshua said, choose today. God's grace is available. God calls. But you make a choice whether you're going to serve him or not. And I think she made that decision, and then she chose uh, to make right friends and to be with right, right people. And I think those are the three, you know, when you make a determination to do the will of God in your generation, it, part of it means it, and it doesn't even mean that people are bad. There are just some people in your life that are not going to help you get to where you need to go. And so you choosing to have right relationships in your life are really, really important.
1: Amen. Okay. Have <laughs> yeah. a string of bad ones.
2: So I think for every young person, young men and women, I think that's, you know, plug in local church, serve God in your generation. To make a commitment, you know, make that commitment that you're going to follow the Lord, whatever he asks you to do. And then right relationships, those are really, you know, all the other decisions, schooling, education, those are all really, really important too. But those three right there will really determine your fruitfulness and the happiness in life.
1: That's good. That's really good. Well, you, you've kind of um, you covered where we we're going next, but I love from a leader's perspective, how can we as parents – I want to make this a two-prong question, actually. How can we as parents pour into the Lauras of our generation, or or the young women that cross our paths that, that you know may need that lifeblood? How how can we support them as as just people in the community?
2: You know, I think the local church people. I think sometimes you know people get into a church and there's a strong expectation that the pastors are going to do everything. Mm-hmm. Whether people, it's perceived or real. I think there's kind of that tendency, and I think the fact is you're sitting. In the pew or sitting, you know, as they would say, you have a different perspective and you can look out across the audience and you can see the loras, You can see the 11, 12. Now you have lots of your own, but what I found that people that have a heart, like have lots of children in their family, they have a huge capacity. They generally have a bigger capacity to bring more people into their world. And I think it's the people in the body of Christ that are looking out across, you know, their sphere of influence. And who is that 11, 12 year old girl? Who is that 13 year old girl? You you can tell. You know, you can see. I mean, you're involved in the programs and the ministries, and some of it is serving. Some of it is being involved in the programs that are already there, that are designed for those age groups, serving in those. We have you know, we have one of our moms here, I think, Dawn Goss, who works with girls. I think they're like maybe eight or nine years old. And she's been doing it for many years, and I've seen her come home from vacations just so she would be there for her class on a Wednesday night. I, that kind of commitment speaks volumes, and that's how – you reach out to the lords of the next generation i mean that's one way i think when you're on at church on a sunday and you see a young adult that's by themselves or maybe the parents we as you know many of our young people their parents don't attend our church that's been that way for many many years and uh, they need a spiritual mom you know invite them over to your house bring them along i think you i see you guys do that i saw that this last sunday a young girl was part of your family that uh, maybe the parents weren't involved that day or So I think, you know, those are all practical ways that we can do that, be involved in in reaching the Lords and empowering them and touching them for the next generation.
1: That's great. And I appreciate the practical knowledge. There are notes to be taken during this interview, so I look forward to going back and watching it again. Uh, What guidance would you give for uh, maybe a a leader or a pastor, um, an influencer of some sort that hasn't quite – grasp the importance of feeding into the next generation what kind of guidance would you share with them
2: i think you have to make a decision as a pastor that man your life here is really short and you only have a a limited amount of time and the biggest amount of fruit the biggest change that you see in people is in the younger generation and they're not going to pay you today the payday isn't today and the payday is tomorrow And i many years ago i was driving down the street and I just felt in my spirit, my heart, I just felt these simple words. Reach the people in your city that no one else wants. And God will send the people that everyone else wants. And it, it isn't just children and youth. I mean, you can come to our church on a Sunday and you'll see people that are, um, I don't know what the correct term we would say homeless in the old days. I know that's not uh, the correct terminology, politically correct terminology today. But you'll see people of every walk of life And because we've really made a determination to have an open heart to uh to allow people from every walk of life and to go after people from every walk of life. But I think that, you know, really uh, going after the people in your community that aren't going to pay you today, But there's a payday and it's going to be someday and it's going to be eternally. But uh, you're seeing the fruit just in a practical way in our church of us making a decision to go and to reach the 8, 9, 10, 11-year-olds, the 12-year-olds, you know, dope on our heart. And it's messy, Joe. All right, if you want a clean, nice, you know, Man, I have three maintenance people here. We are cleaning, painting, pressure washing, fixing, repairing, literally on a daily basis, and we still can't keep up. And, and because when you open your heart, you're, you're, it's, where, the, where there are no oxen, the stall is clean. And so we have lots of little cows. We have lots of little oxen running around, and it's a mess. And so if you want a clean facility and a clean building and everything in order, then don't reach out to the next generation. But if you're willing to open your heart, the, the rewards are amazing. The letters that I get, the notes that I get. I mean, I've had young people write me and you know, tell me, thank you for starting this church. My life, I would not be where I am today. A young man the other day looked at me and came into our church, and you know, he had tattoos and a beard. And we just loved him. And, and he just looked at me and said, everything I have today is because of City Church. My job. A relationship with God, you know, I'm like, wow, mean, I'm just, just, I was touched.
0: Ezekiel saw the hopelessness of his generation and he spoke the word of the Lord. And God has put it in our heart to speak his word to this generation. And when Ezekiel spoke the word of the Lord, there was a supernatural awakening. There was a supernatural awakening. Those dead bones came to life and the bones begin to connect and the sinews begin to connect and then the spirit of god breathed life peter stood on the day of pentecost he quoted joel he said in the last days our father our god will pour out his spirit on all flesh in the last days and i will use my sons and my daughters to declare the word of the lord i'll use my sons and my daughters There's an awakening in this generation. There's a generation that we serve today. There's a world that we live in today. And let me tell you, man, you don't have to read the newspapers very long. It is in front of us every day. I mean, from Israel to Iraq, from Russia to Africa, the the streets of of America. There is a, a great sense of despair and brokenness. But we are a people of God. And we have a message to this generation. We have a message to this generation that there's a Jesus who went to the cross, who lived a sinless life, who went to the cross, and he rose from the dead to give them life, resurrection life. We have the word of God. We have the spirit of God in us to make a difference right here in this community, right here in this city. We are totally committed to this generation, to proclaiming the goodness of our God. We're totally committed in this generation to see a spiritual awakening of every age group, of every generation, from people, from every nationality, from every walk of life, from every background, because we believe that Jesus is the hope of the world today. He's the hope of our generation. Folks, he's the hope. There is no other answer. It's not in politics. I don't care who is in power today. This whole thing in the Middle East is so messy. This whole thing in Russia and Ukraine, it's messy. This whole thing in Korea, I mean, it's just messy. No one's got the answer. No one in the natural realm, there's only one person who has the answer, and his name is Jesus. Come on. His name is Jesus. (laughs) Jesus loves this generation. He loves this generation. Close your eyes. Just transform one someone has to prophesy someone has to get out of their comfort so, oh it ain't just the preacher boys we're grateful for the leadership and all the ministry but man guys I gotta tell you it's gotta hit you I mean God's been speaking to me for weeks and weeks and weeks and this interview with Joe the timing was amazing it was amazing Ezekiel had a vision when it seemed to be completely hopeless God gave him a vision of hope God's given us a vision of hope for this community for this city for this county for this country He isn't just speaking to me. He's speaking to leaders and pastors around the country around the world To make the name of our God face Not focus on the minors, but to focus on the major that people need hope they need a safe What about you today? Where are you today? Maybe you're here today and your life is dead bones. I mean, the situation, the circumstance that you find yourself in, it just seems hopeless. I want you to know you've come to the right place. There's a God of hope that we serve. Maybe you're here. I want to talk to you just for a moment. But maybe you're here today and you you don't feel a lot of hope in your life. I want you to know we're going to speak the word of the Lord to you. The word of the Lord has, has something to say to you today. There is always hope in God. Maybe you're here right now. and You have no hope, and you want someone to pray for you. There's no one looking right now, but in the count of three, could just raise your hand. One, two, three. Is there anyone in this room? Put my hands up around this room, around this room. This week, you put your hand there. We're gonna pray for you in just a moment. But I want to speak to the church. I want to speak to those. You know, God, you're walking with Jesus today. Are you willing? Are you willing to take the word of the Lord to your job, to your community, to your school, to your to your place of influence? Are you willing to commit to the next generation? I'm not going to look for a raise of hands. That doesn't really mean anything. I want you to walk out of this place changed. I want you to walk out of this place, not just considering it, but take it into action. Take it into action. Start today. Tomorrow on the job. Going back to school in just a couple of weeks for a lot of our people. A lot of our teens and children. So many opportunities. Father, you saw every person who raised their hand who had a sense that there was no hope today. You're the God of hope. God, I thank you that your transforming power is for the one. God, that one young man, God, who you radically touched. I've seen it over and over and over, but God, there's so many more. God, in this room right now, for those who raise their hand, that God, that just doesn't, that seems to be hopeless. God, I pray that you will breathe their spirit. You will breathe your life. You will breathe your power into them today. God, I thank you. Thank you that you're the God of hope. You've never changed. God, for this church family, for this church body, God, that we will pursue you, the God of hope. We will boldly proclaim it and we will pray for those without hope in our generation. God, we're committed today to following you. We love you, Jesus, in your awesome and you're awesome in your mighty name. And everyone said, Give the Lord a great big hand clap
3: this morning. Amen. Hey, can we, uh, I know we always do this, but can we give Pastor just a big hand for that? Um, And uh, our ushers are coming forward at this time. We're going to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. And yes, team, that's your cue. Uh, And also encourage, Pastor, we were talking about whether we should do this or not. And I really told him, I said, Pastor, I think everybody needs to hear that interview in this setting. Wasn't that really good? Wasn't it just good to hear your heart, his heart, and and um, and so I just, uh, just thought that was incredible. Listen, as you're preparing to give today, I want to give you this month's scripture verse found in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. This is our last time uh, saying this verse together, so let's give it all we got, because next week we're going to be in a different month with a new verse, all right? So you all with me? All right, so this is our departing to Acts 20, verse 35. Here we go. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And as you you are preparing to give... Uh, I want you to know that your giving makes a difference. And I want to, of course, you know, if you were here this uh, last couple weeks, this is our team that went to the DR, uh, the, D- the Dominican Republic, last week, right? We just got back last Monday at 1.30 in the morning or something. Uh, and so as you're preparing to give, we'll give in just a second. But I want you to check out this video, and then we're going to interview just a couple of them real quick. Check this out. Where you go, I'll go. Where you you go. So there's a little bit of an idea of what that looked like. And, and guys, we just want to say we're so proud of you. Just to give you a f- few numbers, because uh, your giving absolutely made a difference for us to be able to go. Uh, we saw over 3,000 people come out to our outreaches uh, just in four days. We had about 900 people make some type of decision to follow Jesus. Isn't that just amazing? And... Um, We went over there. uh, We handed out over 260 dresses right there to uh, women and girls that were in need. So way to go, City Church. We felt like we were with you all the time. And thank you for your prayers and thank you for your feedback. I wanted to interview two people real quick. Just how was it and what did you get out of it? And just two for this service. Anybody? Awesome. All right. Here we go. Yep.
2: Well, um, I went there and I kind of expected what I was going to see. Like I was going to see people who were hungry, people who didn't have water, but it's like different when you get there, it's like you really realize like wow these people really have like nothing. And then it's like different for me because like I mean I take for granted I I feel like I take for granted what I have here back at home, but then like when I get back I'm like, Man, I don't even like I don't even want to sleep in my bed. I feel bad, like these people don't even have a bed. And I don't want to drink this water because they don't have it, so
3: it just changed my heart and my mind on what they have and what I what I'm blessed with, so Awesome. It's great, it's great. Anybody else? Anybody else? One more? Yes, Ashley, all right, here we go. Um,
1: first off, it was really an unbelievable experience. Um, I had been shown so much love that I never expected that I could be shown. Um, it was definitely undeserved, and we came there to serve them, but they really did serve us. And it was an experience I'll never forget, and it, it was definitely life-changing.
3: Absolutely. And the pictures looked a lot more romantic than it was. It was Blatantly hot. Uh, There's probably a, hundreds of cockroaches where we stayed. Uh, no hot water. You know what I'm saying? And um, but man, wasn't it just incredible? We're so thankful. And I, and as you're going to give in just a second, I'm going to pray over your offering. But uh, if you're interested in going on a missions uh, missions trip, uh, we're going to have a couple that we're going to be doing a year. And and so uh, just you can even start saving now. Just put a little bit of money aside. So then when the moment comes where we say, Hey, church, this is where we're going, you can already maybe be a little bit ahead. So put that in your heart and just pray about it and see if. Maybe this might be you one day uh, going overseas. And uh, aren't you thankful that our, our, our heart for our church is not just for here, but it's also globally? Amen. So we're giving today, expecting great things that God's going to do. So let, let me pray for your offering, then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll receive it today. Father, thank you, God, for the gift and the giver. Thank you, God, that you are raising up uh, Joshua's in the land. Thank you that, God, you are, you are speaking to each one of us. God, as we leave here. God, I pray that we would uh, take on what was spoken in Ezekiel. That, God, we would speak. Our message, our life message would, would proclaim what you have to say. And, God, would you bless this offering? Would you multiply it so that your name can go to the ends of the earth? Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Check out this video, and then we'll release you, all right? Hey, everyone, I'm Pastor
1: Kristen Hayes, the kids pastor here at City Church. And I've got some friends with me. Hi. This fall, we have the opportunity to send 225 elementary age kids back to school with a brand-new backpack filled with school supplies. Isn't that awesome? Yeah! Would you be willing to join us? On Sunday, August 3rd, we will be taking a special offering for our backpack giveaway. It's pretty simple. $25 will give us two bags. $50 will give us four bags. $100 will give us eight bags, and so on. We're asking you to be in prayer with your entire family to see what you can give. Make sure to designate your offering, Backpack Giveaway. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Bye.
3: Bye. There you go. Next week we're going to be giving that offering, so be prepared. These are the City Church bags that we're going to be giving out. And uh, so as you saw that, pray about what you can give and make a difference where you are. All right, God bless you guys. Have a great week, okay?